Hello, everyone, and welcome to Just a Physician, the podcast where we explore mental health, vulnerability, and personal life stories. So if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel and listen to new episodes out every week, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Happy Pride Month, everyone. Woo! It is officially Pride Month. I am so excited to make this episode because I just really wanted to have like a longer conversation about what this month personally means to me, as well as I think bigger conversations that need to be had during this really important month of the year. If you aren't aware, June is Pride Month and it's always a little bit of like a, a, not a surprise to me, but like, I guess it it always kind of comes out of nowhere because in Hawaii, um, Pride is celebrated in October. And I think that's because it's just way too hot to do like Pride events and the Pride Parade during June. So they have it in October instead. So that's usually used when I'm celebrating Pride, but June is officially Pride Month. And this is always such a special time of year for me um, because, you know, y'all know I'm very, very, very gay. (laughs) And, um, And, you know, this month is a really important time to kind of like reflect on the history of Pride, reflect on the history of the gay community, and really celebrate that. I remember the first Pride parade I ever went to was in Honolulu. I believe I was like working a shift that day, if I'm not mistaken. And I, you know... I guess I kind of judged the book by its cover when it came to pride parades, because a lot of times when you see like pictures of pride parades, it's, you know, very um, celebratory, but very, you know, like sexual and provocative. At least that's like the imagery that you see a lot of times. Um, And so that's kind of what I was expecting, which I honestly like wasn't opposed to, but I was like, oh, I don't really know if this is going to like totally be my thing. Oh my gosh, I love Pride Parades so much. It's such a wholesome event. And specifically like uh, the ones that we have in Honolulu, they are just so wholesome. There's so many families there with their kids, um, you know, all of them like wearing rainbow shirts or having rainbow flags, celebrating the gay community. Um, There's so many nonprofit organizations that come together to celebrate. And it just is such a wholesome loving, positive environment that really like took me by surprise and really made me not only appreciate like pride events, but specifically pride month and all that it means. Um, And really seeing pride as an important time Um, Yes, of course, for us to be able to celebrate pride, but also for us to be able to teach future generations the importance of protecting the queer community, um, you know, protecting future generations so that they're able to love whoever they want to love and identify however they want to identify. And I love that about this month because I feel like every single year that pride comes around, more and more people are, you know, learning about the history, are learning about, you know, um, historical events that are so important to the queer community, like Stonewall, you know, figures from history that really helped to make sure we have the rights that we do today. It's just, it's such a special time of year, and I love how celebratory, warm, welcoming, and inviting this season is, uh, specifically within the LGBTQIA plus community. And so it's, it's a really special time of year for me personally, and I wanted to make this episode because I'll be 100% honest, this year feels so different than past years of Pride. And I've been, you know, going to Pride events since, oh, I think like 2016, 2017. Every year, it's always just been such an incredible experience. And there was no question that 
the acceptance surrounding the queer community was just growing and growing every year. But this year, it's a little scary. It feels very different. And I've been wanting to talk about my thoughts about what's currently happening with the LGBT plus community for a while. I just wasn't sure exactly like how to do it or what platform um, to be able to speak about it on. And obviously that's what this podcast is for. It's the perfect place to be able to have these longer, more important conversations. But if you aren't aware, which I'm sure all of you are, because at least for me, it's all over my TikTok page. I see, you know, so many news coverage pieces about what is currently happening with the restriction around the LGBTQ plus community. There's been a lot of focus um, politically through different laws that are being made across honestly, at this point, like half, at least half of the states in the United States, um, around restricting, you know, um, access to hormones for trans people around restricting where trans people can go limitations around identity within the LGBT plus community. Um, it's just been rampant everywhere. And it's, happened at such a rapid pace that it has made me very concerned for what the future will look like and what direction we're going in as a country. And this year, Pride feels so different because in the past, you know, um, there's been so many, you know, companies and people promoting Pride, talking about it, being very proud to stand behind the history of the queer community. And this year, a lot of companies have like backed out have not commemorated pride it seems like there is a bit more of a fear widespread among companies and people to be really vocal about pride and when I was thinking about it you know I was like man you know all these conversations that we've had in the years past about like rainbow washing corporate um queer promotion, um, you know, utilizing the identity of the queer community as a way to sell more products. You know, there's always been a lot of conversation, a lot of controversy around that. But this year I found myself being like, damn, I kind of miss rainbow washing (laughs) because at the end of the day, I feel like, you know, um, acceptance and promotion our acceptance and promotion, regardless of what the intent is. And the more people and companies that we can have supporting our community, the the better it will be in the long run. Even if, you know, the intentions are purely for uh, selfish reasons, to boost sales, to get clout, whatever it may be, at the end of the day, it's still at large supporting the community and seeing a lot of companies who are backtracking and no longer expressing support for the LGBT plus community because of all the legislation that has happened within the last year, it is making me kind of miss miss that, you know, because for me, I'm like, it would be so much better to yes, have a rainbow washing situation than it would be to have no support for pride or queer people at all. Um, And I think that is like another important conversation that I don't know, maybe I can get into this episode or in a future episode about kind of like the ethics and the justification of rainbow washing. um, And if that is something that we should accept or not accept, because I know a lot of people within the queer community in the past have, you know, expressed a lot of outrage at the fact that companies are utilizing like the rainbow flag and pride as a way solely just to be able to push more sales without actually supporting the queer community, specifically companies that donate to anti-LGBT 
organizations or anti-LGBT politicians, but still have, you know, their pride collections. Um, and I think that is definitely like, a you know, of course, significant problem. Our goal is always to be able to help move our generation and future generations to a place of total and full acceptance for queer individuals. But seeing what's been happening over this last year and seeing just how much anti-LGBT rhetoric has been being spread amongst the far right, amongst politician, ex politicians, extremists, religion, it is, you know, concerning to see kind of the backpedaling taking place. And regardless of the ethics of rainbow washing, I'm like, I would still rather be, you know, in that position of at least being able to you know have the promotion and people talking about pride and supporting the LGBT community even if deep down inside like the founders of these companies or corporations or people backing them don't actually align with that and that's something that I've actually always felt like maybe it is a hot take maybe it is a little bit controversial because I am part of the LGBT community but um you know, situations like uh, rainbow washing or um, gay washing for different like um, characters on the TV um, or in movies or in just the entertainment industry. I personally, of course, see the root problem with all of that. And obviously it would it, like we all want to move to a place uh, towards a future where we don't have to worry about malicious motives for featuring queer people but at the same time I'm like you know what this is really how a movement starts this is how it progresses it, it's a natural progression for a period of time um, for a movement to be accepted uh, as something only to kind of pacify the public if you will um, then before getting to the place of total acceptance and that, you know, that might sound a little controversial and I'm not saying it's necessarily right, but that is kind of like the natural progression that happens. And of course, I want to be at a place in our country where we don't even bat an eye if someone comes out as gay. It's not a big deal if someone is trans or however they identify. Like, obviously, that's where we want to be. But it takes time. It takes a lot to change people's minds, particularly when politics and religion are intermingled with it and also we live in a capitalist society where companies will use whatever they can to boost their sales regardless of what like the individual people who work in the companies or own these companies ideologies are and that's just kind of you know the natural way it is within this capitalist society that we are in companies are going to want to sell pride merch even if they don't necessarily believe in pride, if it means that it will sell more. But I think the concerning thing this year is that as opposed to in the past, I think a lot of companies be being purely profit motivated to support pride, they are now completely backing out for concern of more backlash than positivity, of more hatred being sent towards them than not. And, you know, there's been controversies that have played out with different companies um, doing this this year. And it's really, really concerning to me because we're not only seeing ourselves going backwards politically, religiously, but now also from a consumer-facing perspective. We're seeing a cultural shift of less acceptance 
for the queer community, which is really, really concerning. And I want to talk about everything that has been going on around the country with anti-LGBT legislation. Just yesterday, the Human Rights Campaign issued a national state of emergency for LGBT plus individuals and have now offered resources for anyone who um, maybe a refugee who needs to leave the country and there has been a mass migration of people from states like Florida and other southern states to quote-unquote refuge states that have pro-LGBT plus legislation and laws and it's really interesting to see that in these states where these restrictive bills have been passed um, they're doubling down. They're introducing more and more and more policies that are restricting um, our community even more. And the more people from our community that leave, the harder it will be for it to go any other direction. And that is extremely scary because I want to like read a quote that um, I've read many times um, to give a little bit of context. Uh, so I have been seeing, you know, um, I'm sure if you have been following this on TikTok, for example, you'll see, uh, or if you saw what the human rights campaign published, you might think, oh my gosh, you know, national state of emergency, that seems a little dramatic. I don't think it's that bad. It's not that bad where I live. I'm sure a lot of people are thinking that. But I want to talk about why this is so important and why it's terrifying what's happening in these other states um, and how it is really leading to a deeply dark and potentially fascist future. Um, so the quote I'm referencing, I've read in many, um, in many different books. I am someone who has always been fascinated by um, learning about, you know, corrupt governments, um, genocides, fascism. Like that's always been something that fascinates me because I'm like, what drives people to get to the point of extreme hatred for an entire group of people to the point that they will, you know, not only legally impose policies that restrict them, but even get to the point of like genocidal actions. Like that's always been something that has blown my mind because like I cannot imagine myself ever getting to that point but that's you know the crazy thing about um what has happened in the past when we look at things like holocaust we look back and we're like how the hell did that even happen um and a lot of people have been throwing around words like genocide and you know another holocaust when it comes to everything that's going on within the lgbt community and i want to provide a little bit more context for anyone who may feel skeptical or may feel like that might not be the case um there's this quote that i've read in many books about you know um, fascism and the holocaust um it says first they came for the socialists and i did not speak out because i was not a socialist then they came for the trade union unionists and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me and there was no one left to speak for me. That is like a really fucking powerful quote. Every time I read that, I always get goosebumps because it illustrates the perfect um, example of what the starting points look like for a country to turn to total fascism or to turn to a point of just completely hating another group of people. And the reason why it's so this applies with what's happening within the LGBT plus community right now is because within any country, 
that is moving towards extreme political ideologies, that is um, turning towards fascism, that is getting to a dangerous point. They will attack the most vulnerable individuals of the society first and use those people as kind of like a scapegoat for why fascist policies should be put into place and i'm sorry i'm getting like super political right now but like i feel like this all really applies to what's happening during this pride month and what's been happening over the last year and something i've really wanted to speak about because i see it happening and it feels like you can't really do anything so the I want to talk about it to provide, you know, a little bit of perspective and understanding as to why we are so scared. So societies will typically attack the most vulnerable group. And we've seen this in so many different societies that have progressed to a fascist point in so many different societies where um, genocide was introduced. Um, and, you know, for this example, specifically um, the Holocaust, you know, uh, they will identify first a group that they can see most people would be able to easily turn against and start restricting them politically, introducing policies that will disable their rights, that will prevent them from being able to exist peacefully in the country and stigmatize and isolate them from society. Now, it's unfortunate, but the reality is is that trans individuals are like the most you know vulnerable individuals in our society because it plays on um, religious, it contradicts like religious undertones, political undertones, and cultural norms that have been present within our society since, you know, the beginning of um, the United States, for example. And so it's an easy target because most people from a cultural, political, or religious standpoint um, won't align with that. And so by targeting this specific group and starting to introduce legislation that restricts them, they can bank on most people turning against them um, and going closer to a political state that it will continue to isolate them. So they will reject the most vulnerable people and instead align themselves with the politicians, the leaders, and the policies that restricted those people, typically all under the name of something like faith, of something like protecting children, uh, protecting the family, um, you know, protecting our sanctity, whatever it may be. Like in different societies, there's been so many different examples of what these different things are. And, you know, for the Holocaust, for example, like the quote said, um, they first came for socialists because socialism was something that was very stigmatized um, in pre-Third Reich uh, Germany. Uh, it was something that was very looked down upon. I've read um, different accounts um, and books from Holocaust survivors that were a part of, um, you know, socialist groups before, um, uh, you know, Nazi Germany took power. And um, it's absolutely horrifying the things that they experienced and but what's more interesting is kind of seeing how they were the first target of who the government was going to blame of who the government was going to attack first before moving on to other groups of people and like this quote said people don't speak out because they're like well it's not me I'm okay I'll never have to worry about it until it gets to the point that it is you until it is at a moment where you are part of the group that 
that is then being attacked. And seeing the religious and political ideologies of the people who are introducing these policies and bills is extremely concerning because they identify with very far-right extreme ideologies, which at the end of the day means if they had their way, policies would be introduced restricting anyone else who doesn't fall in line with that exact ideology, with people who have the exact religious beliefs, exact political beliefs, and that is fascism, and it's terrifying. Um, And the worst part is that you can see in interviews and what these politicians are saying, you can see them outright saying that that's the goal where they want to get to. And the reason I bring this up is because, you know, I have seen a lot of conversations online amongst people, for example, in the queer community or even straight allies who are saying not trans. And they're like, oh, yeah, it's, you know, it's awful that these policies are happening. It's I don't think it's right. But, you know, I'm that's not me. I don't really have to worry because I'm not a part of that group. Um, you know, I'm not trans, I won't ever have to worry about, you know, those policies affecting me, and kind of taking a little bit of like a backseated approach to the importance of it, basically saying, you know, the thoughts and prayers type mindset where it's like, oh, that's so sad, that's awful, but you know, it's not really going to affect me, so what can I do? (sighs) And the scary thing about everything that's going on is that what we're seeing with trans individuals and the policies being put in place is the tip of the iceberg for where a lot of our politicians are wanting us to head. Um, and you know who's next on that list. It's a very easy crossover to the entire LGBT community overall. Now, there have been a lot of anti-LGBT policies put in place. I would say the majority of them, from what I have seen, have been directed towards trans people. But if we don't stop this, if we don't vote in people who do not align with these, these extreme right policies and, you know, people who actually care about the LGBT community, it will be such a quick and natural crossing over from trans people to the queer community overall. Um, and with the, the amount of politicians that are steeped in this traditionalist conservative religious mindset we already know that they don't like us you know and um that's that's no surprise to anyone so if these policies are allowed to continue then it's only a short matter of time before the entire queer community overall begins to feel ostracized begins to have our rights taken away and who knows where it can go after that and i think if you're listening to this either as a gay individual or as an ally, which, you know, I assume everyone who's listening is hopefully at least an ally, um, you definitely should care about this and it should definitely be important to you because um, even though right now it may not be directly affecting you, um, if we don't do something to turn this around and to fight for every member of the queer community and to fight for every vulnerable community that could be put at risk from 
this extreme right conservative ideology, then it's only a matter of time before we're next. Um, and that sounds really dark and dismal. Um, maybe you're skeptical because you're like, oh no, that couldn't happen. This is the United States of America. Like um, I've heard, you know, all different types of excuses, but the thing that I found really interesting, at least in my own personal research and studying of different societies and how they progressed to a fascist state how they progress to genocide, um, to, you know, full on oppression of different groups of people, uh, is that when it starts, when this cycle and process begins, begins, um, nobody ever thinks that they're a part of the statistic. Nobody ever thinks that like, they're going to head down the same road. They're like, oh, well, we're different. This is a different case. And, you know, I see that a lot personally for the United States where people are like, oh, well, this is, you know, this is a free country. You, you can be who you want to be. Um, that's literally the foundation and the philosophy of this country. And so I see people kind of say like, oh, it could never get to that point. But that's kind of the problem is that if we don't recognize our vulnerabilities and where we could put so many people in danger through the political policies that are being passed, then it's a very repetitive cycle that we've seen so many times in the past where it's easy to get to that point of full-on oppression. And seeing that the human rights campaign has declared a state of national emergency and seeing them say like, you know, if you are a refugee, if you need to seek refuge in another country, here are resources. That is mind-blowing to me. It's it's crazy that it has gotten to this extreme of a point. And that's why I think it's so important, like this Pride Month, we talk about what is going on, what is happening, and how scary it actually is. Because regardless of whether you are in the queer community or you are just a supporter of it, it will likely affect you and think about how it will affect future generations from here on out. And it doesn't look like it's going to stop anytime soon. Um, because the reality of it is that, you know, so long as we continue to vote politicians in office that have extremist, uh, fascist, extreme right wing mindsets, uh, the longer this will continue to happen and the more and more dangerous it will actually get. Like, it's crazy to see how many countries around the world has have issued travel warnings for the United States. And I know that's for multiple reasons. Like, definitely, like, um, school shootings, um, mass shootings overall is, like, a big contributor to that. But c countries around the world have issued warnings specifically for LGBT people not to go to the United States um, for fear of political policies that are being put into place and I think we should take a step back and just take a big fucking look at ourselves when we see that because sometimes I think we get you know kind of caught up in our own little world here in the United States and we get so focused on what's happening here um, that we kind of lose the perspective of like what do other countries around the world think about this um, and seeing how many countries are issuing travel warnings I think is a really good reflection of where we are at and where we are going and how much worse it will get if we don't stop, you know, progressing in this direction. It's like super freaking scary. I'm sorry, y'all, this episode, I know it's about pride and pride is like a very happy thing. And I definitely don't want this to be like a, a depressing episode, but it's, I just feel like I have to talk about it because it's so important. And a lot of times when I have discussions with people about this type of stuff, excuse me, 
because they either don't know about like, you know, how easy it is for a society to progress um, to the point of, you know, Holocaust Germany um, or so many different countries that have gotten to a full fascist point. Um, you aren't able to really recognize the warning signs of how we are headed in that direction and how scary it actually is. And the reason why this is so important goes so far beyond just the queer community, because with the type of policies that we're seeing being put into place, this affects all Americans, not just people who are part of the trans community or the queer community, because as we start to see a tighter grip politically being placed on the individual actions um, of us as Americans, the more and more powerful extremists and controlling the government becomes. So this becomes an issue of like freedom and liberty overall, not just an issue that relates specifically to the queer or trans community. And that's why I'm like, this is so important. And what's happening is so, so scary because it's such an easy domino effect to lead to a very corrupt, very controlling um, government and an extremely dark future. And it's so sad to see this happen because I feel like we've come so far in the United States over the past 20 years in terms of you know, acceptance of queer individuals, like, man, the queer community really had to work really hard to build ourselves up after the HIV AIDS epidemic, where so many people ostracized our community um, and stigmatized and really ignored the national emergency where so many gay individuals were dying left and right every single day. We as a community have worked so hard to get past that to a point of you know, more widespread acceptance. And I've always felt like literally ever since I came out, even before I came out, like I remember when the, you know, gay marriage was legalized. Ever since then, I always felt that we as a country have just been going in the right direction. We're progressing, we're getting better, we're becoming more open-minded, more accepting, more loving. But this is the first year where I'm like, oh my God, we're actually going backwards. Like, and, and not just like a single state, not just a single president. Like, this is a widespread issue happening in so many different states. Like I was shocked. Um, I, I think it was, I can't remember which episode it was. I think it was the episode where I was talking about um, uh, specifically like uh, the trans policies that are being put into place. But I, you know, was talking about how many states have put new policies into place. And even since that episode, there have been so many more that have been introduced. I can't tell you how many families on TikTok I have seen that had, have had to leave their homes overnight and move to another state with no plan, no job, nothing in order to protect their children or to protect their family because all of a sudden a new law is put into place that if you are suspected of providing hormone treatment therapy to your child that is enough for your child to be legally taken away from you and so families have literally had to jump up and leave overnight um, and seek refuge in another state it is mind-blowing to see this happening after we have come so far and it makes me so so sad because man i feel like we've made so much progress and i think a lot of people like don't necessarily recognize the severity 
of what is happening. I think thankfully, not, well, not thankfully, I mean, because of how much has happened just in the last six months to a year alone, I think more and more people are waking up to like, oh my gosh, okay, this is becoming a really serious issue and we should be really concerned for all individuals, let alone queer or trans individuals specifically. But for a while, like, I think a lot of people who were raised in liberal home environments or liberal states don't really recognize how prejudice so much of the country is. You know, I moved from Arizona to Hawaii and in, you know, having conversations with my friends, um, whether they're straight friends or gay friends, talking about my personal experiences with my community, with my family, you know, from a young age hearing like, oh, all gay people should be killed. They should be exterminated. We should lock them up, blah, blah, blah. You know, I was so used to hearing that rhetoric growing up and, you know, people I know from Hawaii or California that are like, oh my God, there's no way that people still believe that. Like, I can't believe people still think that way. That That's crazy. Like, who thinks like that anymore? The reality is, is that so many communities, so many environments, people still do. And I mean, to think about it, like those growing up in an environment where I heard that level of prejudice, that was only the things I was hearing. I have no idea how people were are really feeling deep down, um, what they're not saying. You know, there's there's so much more beneath the surface. And I think one of the issues that we're kind of facing is, is that within, you know, like liberal states, liberal environments, a lot of people who are raised uh, in those environments or live there, you know, when you're in that type of environment for long enough, it's easy to feel like, oh, well, you know, everyone around me accepts gay people. So that's pretty much the entire USA overall. Like, look at how far we're progressing. Look at how far we've come. Um, and I know I've definitely even felt that like living in Hawaii, it's easy to forget like that so much of the country actually hates queer people. Because when you're in Hawaii, you're like, oh, well, like everyone loves queer people here. It's like one of the most accepting states. Like, it's great. And it's easy to forget how much prejudice there actually still is. And you know what? Prejudice is prejudice, uh, whether religiously motivated or personally motivated. It will always exist. You know, we have a long ways to go before um, we're at a point where there's total acceptance. I mean, ugh, fuck, look at the civil rights movement. Look at, you know, our history since slavery. It has been you know, hundreds of years and people still to this day, of course, they're not as many, but people still to this day struggle with acceptance of people of all races. So we still obviously have a really long way to go, but there's a very big difference between personal prejudice and political prejudice and political policies being put in place that are restricting the rights of people. That is a huge, huge difference. And the great part of like, say, gay marriage being legalized is that political policies have the power to change the culture. Obviously not immediately, but long term. Like I remember with gay marriage being legalized, that was such a turning moment, I think, for a lot of people within the United States to be like, huh, okay, well, Maybe I need to open up my mind a little bit to this. Maybe I need to, you know, um, think differently than what I've been taught my entire life. 
these policies really have the power to positively shift the culture over time, but they also equally have the power to negatively do that. And even worse, if you put fear behind it, like being, we should be afraid of trans people and them being predators and what they're going to do to our children and what they're going to do in bathrooms, for example, which is the primary rhetoric that's happening right now, it become like that cultural shift can literally happen overnight because once you introduce fear, people tend to abandon logic, reason, empathy, and duality because you automatically go back to your animalistic instincts of like, oh my gosh, I need to be scared. I need to protect myself. I need to protect my family from whatever fear is out there. And if people are saying that this is a valid fear, then I need to participate in that fear too. And so with these types of policies putting put, being put into place, of course, there's so much harm being done from a human rights perspective. But I also am like, oh my gosh, like how long is it going to take for us to get past this negative rhetoric that is being spread around culturally to a place where we'll even be as accepting as we were two years ago? Um, it, it's just, it's super, super sad to see. And that's why I want to talk about this during Pride Month and why I think it is so important that we have these conversations because it's very easy if it's not directly affecting you to kind of just be like, eh, well, yeah, that's awful, but it's not really my problem. And it kind of goes back to the whole thing like, um, you know, human rights are only an issue once they directly affect you. Um, a lot of people, I think, have the privilege of being like, oh, well, I'm not really into politics. Politics isn't my thing. Like, I just don't like it or I don't understand it. And whenever I hear someone say that, I'm like, wow, how privileged and fortunate of a life you live to never have to worry about your human rights being taken away. Like, that's amazing. And that's what I want for every person in this country to not have to worry every day about their rights being taken away or, you know, anything else bad to happen to them. But once your own individual human rights are being taken away, you can't do it alone. You need the support and help from people outside of your community to be able to advocate for your rights. And that's why I think it's so important that we're all talking about this, regardless of whether you identify as LGBTQIA+, regardless of whether you're trans or not. It is so important that everyone is talking about this and that we share the knowledge and importance because so long as we kind of stay quiet on our sides, the more fear and, you know, uh, harmful rhetoric that is being spread every day, the more and more people will be converted into a very dark mindset and into supporting, excuse me, wow, man, I have a lot of burps today, sorry, <laughs> supporting deeply fa fascist beliefs and extreme uh, right-wing ideologies. And so it is important that not just I come on this podcast and talk about it, but that you have this conversation with people in your life, whether it's your gay friends, whether it's your trans friends, or whether it's your children, your family, your you know um, extended family, whatever it may be, these type of conversations are important. And it's also important to have them with people who don't agree. I'd say that's where it's most important because I think a lot of people don't want to talk about this kind of stuff because they're, they're like, oh, well, you know, my parents and I don't see eye to eye or they're very conservative or they're very religious and I don't want to like step all over their beliefs, blah, blah, blah. Um, and, you know, when I hear that, I, I get kind of disappointed, but I also understand because I'm like, hey, you know what? I have been there. I had parents who were extremely homophobic. I had, I have, you know, 
had people in my life, like in the past, who had deeply prejudiced beliefs. But that didn't stop me from having a conversation. Of course, you don't have to be like, you're homophobic. How dare you? You are so hateful, blah, blah, blah. Like, <laughs> obviously, I think there's a courtesy and a level of like, you know, empathy that needs to be had when having these types of conversations. But if we don't have these difficult conversations, then it only means that with what we're seeing in mainstream news, with what politicians are saying, with the fear that's being spread all around, that no good is going to be done and people will only subscribe to the fear that is being put out there. And that is, you know, like the worst nightmare because like I was talking about before, it's not going to end with queer people. It's not going to end with trans people. These types of dangerous rhetorics and dangerous policies will affect so many different people in our society. Oh my gosh, guys. Sorry. I know this has been really heavy. I'm just going to like finish up this episode with a little bit more lighthearted of a note, but I would really encourage you this Pride Month because what Pride really is about is it's supposed to be about celebration. It's supposed to be about happiness, but it's also supposed to be about a commitment to continuing to protect queer individuals. And if you haven't looked into the history of the LGBT plus community, I highly encourage you to do so. Um, I, we actually made a post on Selfless by Hiram's Instagram page, highlighting some leaders from the past that were really um, monumental and iconic in terms of really helping push the movement forward and push for more acceptance. I really encourage you to learn about the history of the queer community, learn about the history specifically of the trans community as well, because there's so much value to be learned in all of that. And also, I would encourage you, if you are, you know, as obsessive as I am about learning um, about, you know, like fascism and how, like, you know, basically everything that I talked about in this video, I'd encourage you to like read um, books about the Holocaust or read books about different genocides that have taken place, whether it's like the Rwandan genocide, Cambodian genocide. Uh, there's so many different ones around the world that you can read about and see the stepping stones that kind of took place in order for the justification of extreme injustices to happen uh, because it'll really blow you away and it will also I think really surprise you to see how far along we are in this country and I think right now more than ever not only just for the gay community not only you know to protect our legacy and our future but also just for the protection of of freedom and the ability to live how we want to live love who we want to love without fear of negative political repercussions, I definitely encourage you to just learn your history, read more about that. The great thing is that there are so many, you like, it's not like how it was, like, say, when I was in, like, elementary school or middle school, where you had to, like, pick up long books and read about all this. There's so many amazing documentaries out there. There's so many um, incredible TikTok creators that make short-form content about all these different things. There's so much you can learn, but I really encourage you to just take the time to learn about this, to learn about the gay community, to learn about how we can protect our society and find out what you can do within your local community to make sure that queer people are protected. You know, like I was saying about before, um, attacking the most vulnerable individuals, black trans individuals in our society are the most ostracized in, in like the highest percentile of um, homicide murders that are taking place. Um, and it's really important that we protect them, but we also just protect the trans community overall because 
if I'm feeling scared, I can only imagine just the terror and fear that trans people are experiencing right now. Because it's one thing to worry about a future of, you know, um, policies and laws that remove your human rights um, versus what trans people are experiencing right now, which is where their rights are actually being taken away. And that is something that's very scary and you know, um, I really empathize with them. And I think it's important that we have these conversations and talk about these things so that we can commit to a future of not having to worry about any of this and not having to have our children grow up in a society that is telling them who they can and cannot be who they can and cannot love. You know, we've come so far as a country and we still have a lot of work to do, but I hope this Pride Month we can recognize the work that we need to do in the future, the work we need to do right now, and really commit to building upon the progress that we have already made. I really don't want to see us slip backwards um, into the past. I think there's so much hope. There's so much momentum. We can make such a huge difference. And it starts by you know, having these conversations. And of course, voting, that's my biggest thing too. Like a lot of these problems wouldn't be happening if we had really good leaders in office. So absolutely vote, uh, research the politicians that are in your specific area, your specific state, um, to make sure that they represent your values and your ideology. But yeah, that's just kind of all the things I wanted to get off my chest. I've been wanting to talk about this for so long because as I've seen everything unfolding, I'm just like, oh my God, where do I talk about this? Everyone only wants to see skincare content, but I need to talk about this. So I really got, I was able to do it on this episode. Um, if you have any thoughts or comments, please message me on Instagram or leave a comment on the YouTube video. I was originally going to ask your guys' opinions for this video and kind of like talk about them. But to be honest, this is such a convoluted and very complicated topic that can't be summed up in like a 50 character max message <laughs> on Instagram. So, um, so yeah, I, I figured I would just kind of share my thoughts, but I would absolutely love to hear yours. So make sure to leave a comment and thank you guys so much for listening. I am so glad it's pride. Happy pride, everyone. I really hope that you are going to take the time to, um, support local LGBT organizations, whether that's going to a pride event or supporting in other ways. I really hope that you do. I'm really excited about pride this month. I'm actually going to be at the Colorado Denver pride. So I hope to see anyone there who is going to be there. I'm super stoked about it. Please be safe, of course. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited for everything that's going to be happening throughout the course of this month. And I hope you guys are too, but thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel and listen to new podcast episodes out every Thursday, wherever you listen to your podcasts. This has been a production of Cadence 13 and Odyssey Studio, new episodes out every week, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And I will talk to you guys in the next episode. Mwah. Oh, 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 oh,